Welcome to the Effects Loop. I'm Scott. And I'm Chris. We're keeping you in the loop with the guitar community. Brought to you by Stringjoy, makers of string and joy. Play better, sound better. Uh, you can check them out at stringjoy.com. Get your favorite custom wound, whatever sets you want. You know, I think it's been a while since we've actually talked about this, but now that I have a Les Paul, the whole G string sticking issue has is coming up again. Did and you, I'm, I'm starting to think of like, man, should I do should I do a custom set? Should I do a wound G to try to do fix it? This? It changed my life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh also I'm I'm still needing to order a set for my uh JA90 cuz it's in drop is it D standard I should say. Oh yeah, some 12 and, will uh, feel great with that. Yeah, I think I'm at the I think it's a 10.5 set, so I definitely might go up a gauge and a half and see how that feels cuz it is it's a little flabby sometimes. Oh, very cool. You can check them out at stringjoy.com. It's also today is also brought to you by our Patreons. Uh our Patreons, patrons. Will, yes. Ben, Jason. <laughs> Am I missing somebody? Tom. Tom and that's that that's our that's our five dollar tier. I don't I don't actually know who our two dollar tier people are. So thank you, two dollar tier to your people that aren't in our chat room and since i don't yeah. see our patreon numbers i don't i don't see it yeah if you join our chat our patreon at the five dollar tier you join the secret chat room you also get our episodes early um oh we forgot about ben ben i thought i said ben uh, uh you may have okay well we said ben enough times now to hammer it home that ben is a patron of our show and therefore ben, ben, ben is more ben. valuable than other people in our the world anyway uh <laughs> with that chris what's new with you um i have gotten nothing new this week and i don't think i've sold anything either i'm kind of in that mellowed out phase because we're trying to save to uh move and all that good stuff so yeah so hopefully next week it'll be chris put new strings on his guitar and now it plays amazing and he's in love and Right. i should do that while we're on air <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my side um i got a new backpack for in quad cortex news um i got a camera backpack you know how like you get those ones that you like you can rearrange all those interior dividers oh yeah i am very familiar with those so i got one of those uh and was able to get my quad cortex my expression pedal my wireless unit and power supplies all in their own little cubbies oh, so, now, nice. so it's just backpack in um i need to throw a patch cable or two in there that's so uh, you know but i'm doing that instead of trying to do a board with the quad cortex because honestly i like the i like it just raw on my countertop because it's so small so if it's on mm -hmm. a board i'd have to take it on and off the board constantly that makes sense so um as far as like getting at the touch screen and dialing stuff in i like it just sitting on my desktop so that's what I'm doing for now. And, you know, that whole thing about, you know, actually playing places 
needing <laughs> actually needing to pack it up hasn't really been a thing so um yeah i'm i'm a living room guitar player for the foreseeable I'm future until i finally <laughs> get around to auditioning at the church i'm going at or finding a new church making a decision there um all right with that let's dive into some news First up, Moore launches a versatile, affordable L6 Mark II pedal controller with a built-in tuner. I just kind of wish this had MIDI. That's the only thing I really, like, downfall I see with this. Yeah, it. I'm I'm kind of surprised it doesn't. Because, uh, it has presets. So first off, let's let's describe what it is because I, I always make this mistake of diving into something that no one else can see but us. Um, mm -hmm. It's a true bass bypass switcher. That's actually programmable, but now has a tuner built in and comes in at one hundred and ninety dollars. So it's on the kind of expensive side of dumb switchers, but on the low side of smart switchers, it's kind of a middle ground. Yeah, because who is it that has the uh, very thin uh, switcher systems? It's another import brand, but it's not mower, I don't think. Donner? Maybe. Um, I know some of those have MIDI, and they're like half as wide as this. What? No, deep. Deep. I mean... I think they're a little if, cheaper, too, if so... They're if they're dumb, dumb, I mean, that's a weird way to describe it. Okay. When I say dumb, I mean like it doesn't have any like presets or computer control or any of that fun jazz. Um, I mean, they just have to really be big enough for a jack and a switch. Yep. And that's it because they're all like, you know, standard foot switches, true bypass, and they just daisy chain into each other internally. So like you don't need that much space, but most people use a bigger enclosure because our hands are big and it's just kind of annoying to wire all that up. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, if you really wanted to, you can make these things pretty tiny with like TRS jacks and um, staggering them the right way. But then your cabling gets annoying using TRS instead of um, like TRS to two TS. You could do it that way and just use one jack. <sighs> That gives me anxiety because I'm just picturing how cluttered the underside of the board would be from that. I mean, maybe. Yeah, depending on how you do it, I have a feeling most people would use like the Y adapters. Yeah. Ugh. Oh, you mean like uh, like the things we were looking at the other week, like sinusoids or um, old bloods, those things? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless you actually up and bought like a 12 inch Y cable, which I'm sure somebody makes that's not fully custom and costs 30 bucks a cable. I mean, you can just use the, um, the TRS, uh, pancake plugs. Um, they actually have a big cable input. And so what you do is you just use the mini cable for the, the other ones for your, you just run like just two cables right into that that pancake plug put some extra filler in there and just clamp the thing down maybe get some hot glue or epoxy there to reinforce that joint you're good it's a pedal board you're not putting that much stress on it true 
One of these days I'll do my own cable and soldering and all that good stuff. I'm it's not this day. I never I don't I I'm I'm done with that for a while. Once you do like one or two of them, you're like, I'm just good. I'm done. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's why I don't like that. Barely anything switches out on my board anymore because I'm just like so done with it. I also did sinusoid slivers, which are just my hands are too big to make sinusoid slivers. So I have a much easier time with some like pancakes or like uh, square plugs. Square plugs are my current favorite, the mini ones. Those are the easiest, I think, to work on. But anyway, I believe it. Uh, going back to the more since we went way off topic there um <laughs> you have optional buffers at the front and back end you it is programmable so you can actually have like preset 36 presets set up that allow like you hit a button multiple loops turn on and off um built-in tuner dedicated mute switch um led display 190 dollars as we said before again my my only thing is like I find it weird that it can't accept a MIDI input since it already has a sequential state kind of thing with those presets. It just seems yeah. like such a natural thing, but I guess then you have to send it and you'd probably make this thing able to send MIDI and then it becomes a whole monster. But anyway, yeah, maybe that's why like maybe we'll get a Mark three and it'll have MIDI out or something. Yeah, I kind of wonder has more done any MIDI yet? I'm currently on their website, so let me see. Power. Wait, does the oh, interesting. I think the L6 has uh, scribble strips, had scribble strips on the old one. I don't think they've done one. I don't think so either because I don't. Everything, done can, a everything looper sends in me general. to yeah. Everything sends me to the L6, the the Mark One version of it right now on the on my internet searches here. So, so I guess that's good that they're finally getting into that because a lot of their competitors, I think, are way ahead of them and actually have done switchers and switchers with a MIDI. So maybe they're just. Get, give it like a month and we'll see a MIDI version. <laughs> I, you know, yeah, it's just like with the new MIDI standard coming out too with smaller cables and all that kind of stuff, I just see this stuff like it just needs to get smaller. That's that's the real big thing with MIDI right now is just a lot of the, the things that can control MIDI are huge. And then it's like, well, how do you program it? How do you program it on the fly? All that, you know, all that fun stuff. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. DSM and Humboldt have announced the Simplifier Deluxe. Um, the Simplifier made some waves, but didn't really catch on as much as I expected it to originally. Um, allowing you to kind of do, they, they had that whole, it's a zero watt pedal board amplifier, had stereo options, cab sims, had an, uh, it, it was mostly analog kind of path. This is pretty cool. It adds a whole... Their website is not the greatest. Sorry, Chris. Um, yeah, trying I'm to figure this out. Um, <laughs> this adds basically a second amp. So now you can do left, right, power amp sim, and cab sims with different cabinet corrections. Again, this is, I believe, all analog. So this is not IRs. This is analog cab sims. Um, headphone output with auxiliary input for silent practicing. Um, 
as well as dual XLR outs, which does help stand it apart from a lot of sort of the hot toys out there with like the Iridium, um, the, is it ACS-1 as Walrus's name? Yes, I think so. So definitely another contender. This adds effects loops. This adds full true stereo operation, um, which is, you know, something those other guys kind of hinted at, but this kind of goes a little further. So pretty cool option. I think for a lot of people are still looking for that pedal board all in one solution. Yeah. Uh, I'd never listened to the original simplifier. So I think you sent this to us yesterday in the group chat and mm-hmm. I was actually very impressed because I think, uh, my first impression of it was like before they kind of started doing a little more like metal ish tones, I definitely got the circa like 1984 to 87 live U2 sound from this. Oh yeah. Which, uh, I don't think any, if much of that was direct. So the fact that this can kind of get you, to a very note like memorable sound that you could just hear in your head. I think that says a lot about this. Yeah. I mean, you have it actually makes me very curious. You have an AC 30, you have a blackface deluxe and you basically have a plexi all in one box. So, I mean that, that arrangement sounds familiar because I, that's kind of similar to what some of the competition already offers. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, just having that, it, it, it seemed they dialed in some great EQs on it. The, they do have that room control, very similar to um, the, what do you call it? The one Diaz has, Iridium. Yeah. Which was like the game changer for the Iridium, to be honest with you, because like I have Diaz's Liverpool sitting over there. I plug it in, it's dry as a bone. It doesn't sound bad, it's just dry as a bone. You need to oh, run yeah. a reverb after it or it just sucks. I mean, and it's, Again, it's not it that sucks. It's just missing a reverb. And so I just ran anything after it, and it starts sounding great. Um, so for a lot of people playing at home or something like that, that's a that's a big deal. They want that. Um, there's a spread control that kind of lets you uh, affect your stereo width. Um, you have power cool. amp sim, resonance controls. You have tons of cool stuff in this that are, are quite dial-inable. Like, you know, it's all knobs on the top. So for those inclined that way, don't want to deal with menus, don't want to deal with that junk. This is pretty cool. Uh, what's the price on this? Uh, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. Uh, uh, which, which demo do I send you, by, by the way? Did I send you the... Uh, I send you the worship tutorials one or did I send you like their one? It definitely was not the worship tutorials one. Okay. Worship tutorials just did one too. And they love it. I think they were more emphatic about this than they were some other stuff that recently came out. So yeah, I was actually going to say like at some point I might like replace the stomp on my board, like with this and keep the stomp as like either a practice rig or something, because this was Like the sound I heard in my head is like what this got me. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this, like you were saying about like no menu diving. I'm like, I hate the presets that I make on stuff, especially when like 
there's amp sims involved i always hate how my stuff sounds i spent money to buy some presets and those are the only things i use on the stomp so so it sounds to me like you don't know how to dial in an amp uh, I, hate, I don't know i hate Maybe. to be digging at like at you like that but there is that like kind of magic thing like i mean uh one of the at things... the same time like go ahead go ahead I was gonna say when I have like my AC30 and stuff, like I love the tone coming out of that. When I had my basement, I loved it. Just mm -hmm. whenever I go to like a digital amp sim or something that's not just, hey, we're basically replacing your tubes with diodes or whatever mm -hmm. capacitors and sticking it in a box and putting it on your board. Like I can handle those, but for whatever reason, once you start getting into digital, I'm like. Why is this not sounding right? <laughs> um, to answer your question, the original simplifier was two ninety nine, which is very competitive with a few of those other options. The simplifier deluxe, the two channel one we're talking about, comes in at four fifty nine. So it is a little more expensive than a few of the other options out there. But this is also stereo, so yeah. I mean, the well, so I, I say that's pretty fair. The iridium is stereo, sort of. <laughs> but it, you, it's stereo in the fact that it's dual mono. You can't run two um, different amps at the same time. The ACS-1, you can run both amps at the same time. I believe you can run two amps at the same time on an on a HX Stomp, for example. You can. Um, so. You just eat up a lot of DSP. <laughs> yeah. Which is also why it's not a complete board replacement for me. Yeah, I mean, actually, I've been finding that with the... Uh, again, I, I hate to keep everyone take a drink quad cortex um the captures take up a lot less dsp than running an amp sim in it interesting so that's part of the whole like you can run like six amp sims or you can run like six uh, not amp sims you can run like six uh captures because it actually takes one nice. block out of what would have been two because the amp sim has the amp and then the cab block huh. and so that you got two things running lots of dsp versus like a capture is a lot slimmer I might just sell my uh, Stomp then when this comes out. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the Stomp is a great option too, so. I don't know. I mean, my buddy's running a Stomp, and I think it sounds great. Yeah, I, I definitely love it. It's just, I don't know. Me and digital just don't get along very well. God, I sound like the old people in Gear Talk. <laughs> Back in my day, I just plugged straight into a Marshall, and I just had great tone. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, I just bought oh, a Les Paul. I'm as boomer as they get right now, aren't they? Uh, do you have a Marshall yet? I mean, in my Kemper. Uh, you're, tre you're, you're treading on your it's very, very, very thin ice there. I mean, I have a Vox, I have a Vox AC15 and a Super Reverb sitting up in my loft in storage right now. Uh, maybe the super reverb might be cracking the ice a little bit. An AC fifteen is not. I guess that's I not boomer. That's not boomer status. No. Hmm. I All never right. see anybody in like any of the gear talkers being like, "Yeah, I, I crank my AC thirty. It's no, I crank my hundred watt Marshall and piss off my neighbors." And yeah. Speaking of pissing off your neighbors, uh, KDHK oh, no. or KHDK has officially announced my big fat rock r-a-w-k 
this I really want just to run this into a melter. This this has this really should have just been an April Fool's joke, but no, it's real. And it's coming out. Uh, collaboration between Joe Troman of uh, Fall Out Boy and Brian Posehn. Uh, it is a MOSFET-based distortion treble boosting amp thing. <coughs> Lots he of penis like jokes all over the place. It literally has... Its font is in the shape of a penis uh, with a quote that says, add 10 inches. And has two LEDs. Yeah. That's awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't listen to a demo. I'm not going to buy it. We're talking about it enough already. Moving on. Uh <laughs> Washburn has unveiled a classy yet affordable acoustic line called the Deep Forest Ebony Connection Collection. Um, this is a first I think I've seen. I don't know about you, but have you ever seen an ebony top on an acoustic before? I don't think so. No, like all I'm picturing in my head is uh, I think Washburn might have done it, but like the rosewood top. I think they've done that before. So, I really am curious of how dark this sounds. Oh, uh, are you thinking it's dark because it's just a dark colored wood? Or are you thinking it's dark because you think uh, ebony is going to be... Ebony is probably going to be much warmer. Yeah, I'm listening to the video. It's definitely... It's a warmer sound? like like It's a very mahogany? warm guitar. Yeah. Hmm. I just is, I find that interesting because uh, ebony is such a tight, stiff grain normally. Like that's why it's like a fingerboard material, right? Um, but I guess it's not quite like maple. So yeah, it does. It again. I, I think I've said this before. Of it's interesting to me how was it five years ago? We had five plus years ago. We had the we're running out of tone woods scary mm -hmm. and now it seems like you know ebony like ebony was one of bob taylor's like we need to preserve this wood we need to protect it i'm going to buy a, a forest preserve but in the same way he also part of how he saved it was increasing production by like by saying like we're going to use all ebony regardless of whether it's the pretty stuff or not because there was something like they were rejecting like 90% of ebony that they cut down because it wasn't, it didn't meet that like strict super, super yeah. just pure black. Like they had like sap lines and stuff in it. And so Taylor yeah. had their whole series of like pretty sap lines and like everyone else has seemed to adapt to it too, since that's where they have to buy it. I know it's just interesting yeah. to see like these are $300 acoustics made with ebony. It's just crazy to me of like a wood that we were saying, hey, we're about to lose it. So. What is the side wood? Uh, Akume. Did I say that right? I don't think I, I think so. Uh, if I remember right, it's like mahogany. Next are mahogany fingerboards comprising engineered composite wood. Oh, yeah. It's a variation of mahogany. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. Mm -hmm. They're affordable. Um, 
they're very dark looking dark sounding anyway check them out 300 bucks and down uh yeah some comes with a pickup i mean it's laminate sides these are affordable acoustics these are not- yeah i was gonna say like they're they're very low like low end so yeah. speaking of the low end uh chris you're just setting me up so well. <laughs> thank you you're welcome thank you just so, i'll just keep tossing them yeah just just alley oop um <laughs> squire uh announced these back in january but now they seem like they're coming to life the squire contemporary series of the strat telly and jaguar a high performance makeover inspired by a classic migia fender i said j really weird because i was about to say g and i caught it and i just <laughs> wanted to say that out loud before people make fun of the way i said that um Roasted maple necks, newly voiced pickups, bold metallic finishes. Man, I'm reading a lot of ad copy today. Um, At least it's not a list. Uh, I know. That was borderline listing. Um, <laughs> so first things first, painted headstocks. I, think uh, is I a, don't hate it. It looks good. Uh, they're all black. They're not matching headstocks. They're just painted black headstocks. So very reminiscent of some 80s era aesthetics mm-hmm. um the jaguar is an hh um configuration which and it's a hardtail so it's a it's a tunematic style or what what's fender's term for tunematic no it is tu- <laughs> the i think it, it is tunomatic esque <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh i thought it was like a justomatic or something like that was like their term for it Am I wrong that there? sounds very Gretchy, but they are owned by Fender, so distributed by Fender. Yeah, anyway. it, it could be. That's it. Just sounds very Gretchy. It yeah. sounds like something you would say with a Bigsby. But uh, yeah, um, coil tap series parallel switching mounted in the upper control plate, so that's a good use of the rhythm circuit area. Three way switch, dual humbuckers, and they're classic like PAF style humbuckers, not. Yeah. Um, not the wide range fender kind of humbucker thing. So yeah, I was actually going to say like, this is the only Jaguar I've liked and I would be very tempted to throw in some standard size wide ranges in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they come with the SQR atomic humbuckers, which I think were okay. Um, but yeah, a uh, 12 inch radius fingerboard, jumbo fret wire, sculpted heel i think this will be a really great guitar if not a great mod platform for folks i mean um, yeah if that's yeah it's a very good pick guard setup to be able to swap it out and reroute the inside yeah and Ooh. it looks really good the black on shoreline gold mm-hmm. uh moving on squire contemporary stratocaster special ht this is unique, and Chris, I think you had a comment on that one earlier. I'm trying yeah, to remember what you so said. Yeah, so I think we they should probably just call this what it is. It's basically a combination of the lead one and two that um, Fender re-released. What was that last year or in 2019? Because um, it's got the slanted humbucker and single coil pickup and the neck, uh, the volume and tone, like. It's it's literally just a lead, but I don't know why they didn't want to call it that unless they're just trying to keep the lead stuff as a fender. If that makes sense. Maybe. Can so with the slanted humbucker like that, can they be split? Are they split? 
I would. That's a good question because part of me feels like this might actually just straight up be. It's. Oh, wait. It does say coil tap for this. I thought that's for the next one. No. H A O. It is for the H H. All of the above built in performance. I don't know because it looks like it is two single coils. Like it doesn't look like a standard humbucker. Like they push. Like if they pulled it apart. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, is, is it? It's basically like I'm wondering. One, is it a, a standard Strat has you know three single coils? Did oh they just no, move the it is. Single coil closer. Uh, each version comes equipped with the trio of Squire SQR Alnico single coils. So they are single coils. They're just very closer to be, yeah, offering you a humbucking option at the bridge for, for some fatter, high output tones. Interesting. I want to try it. I, I'm really curious. Yeah, how I would that definitely sounds. try this. I don't know if that's for me because I really like the neck and middle together sound. I mean, I'm a John Mayer. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Um, anyway, um, I want to check it out. Uh, you've got the, bu, 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 what's this one called? Uh, the HHFR, uh, takes things a little bit further, it brings back the atomic humbuckers that we're, we're talking about with the Jaguar and, um, I believe it adds a Floyd or at least a double yeah, it Floyd Rose. Yep. Yeah. It doesn't say it's a license or anything. So oh, it's definitely gotta be a licensed, yeah. um, also comes in pink comes in pink there you go um i'm not nuts about that gunmetal metallic with a black pickguard i think i like the way the uh black makes the maple fretboard pop yeah. on the uh gunmetal one hmm. uh, moving on there is the telecaster rh which has a rail humbucker in the bridge and an atomic in the neck no pickguard this one's okay. That's a matching headstock on this one. That's the only one that does that. Oh, it is. Yeah. So hmm. these are coming in. Uh, the Jaguar is at 450. The Strat Special and HT are at 430. Uh, as is the Telecaster and the Stratocaster HH is at 450. So it's on the... I'm going I'm to say this is kind of on the slightly upper end of where I put squires in my book um, in terms of, you know, dollars. Yeah, I could agree with that. But um, still a pretty cool offering. More, I like that they play around more in the squire range. Yeah. Like, it's like I was saying about like the strats, like, yeah, um, they brought the leads back for a little bit but this feels like a little more natural fit yeah. because you're kind of messing around with it and it's squire brand so that's pretty sweet um speaking of fender uh fender officially announces silver face updates for the vibro champ and pro reverb in their 68 custom series uh, which in my opinion the 68 custom series are the amps to buy from fender right now because you get all the, the the fun, unique, like, um, always in other models. I don't know about these two, to be honest with you. But, like, like if I was to get a Deluxe Reverb, I'd get the 68 right now, not the 65 reissue. 
because you get all the extra options between the normal and the vibrato channel. Like they're different tone stacks. So you get cool things with it. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm not much of a Fender amp guy. So these to me sounded like a little more stripped down versions, if I'm correct. Well, I mean, the Vibro Champ is, is inherently, you know, um, a practice watt, practice amp. Okay. Right. Like it's, it's a small amp that you're supposed to just crank. Um, they did finally, they did put a 10 inch speaker in that one, which is nice. Um, though at 750 bucks, it's still a hard, it's a hard sell for me, considering you can get a vintage one for about that much. Um, but at five, it's five Watts. You can actually crank it and it's still pretty loud. And like people use champs for recording all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the pro reverb is kind of a unique spot. Um, because normally it had a dual channel setup for the 40 watt setup. They just kind of took this down and made it just the vibrato channel. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like the pro reverb was part of, it was like basically a super reverb and a twin reverb with a different speaker, uh, layout. I mean, all those amps were very similar. Yeah. I know someone just got really triggered by me saying that, but, um, you know what I mean? I mean, like I said, I'm not a Fender guy, so I wouldn't be able to tell you either. Yeah. Like, they all look the same. I'm guessing they sound the same. That <laughs> well, would I mean, have been there, what I said. There is that Fender, you know, tone and sound. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, you know, they they have their uniquenesses. But, yeah, check them out if you're in, in the mood. I, I don't know. I... <laughs> With the way modelers and stuff is going, I, I don't know. I, I I really wonder how much like deluxe reverbs and, the, and fleshing out that side of the market is really going these days. Now that, you know, if you're looking at spending 1200 bucks, you can be looking at Helix stuff and you can be looking at all those kind of options now. So I, I, I just, I don't know. I, I would be really curious how that side of the market is selling. Because for a while yeah. there, it seemed like amps took forever to move on like Craigslist and stuff like that. I could be completely off there, but that was my impression. It's been a while since I've sold an amp. All of mine have seemed to sell pretty well, but also I'm not trying to be one of 10 people trying to sell a Fender amp. Hmm, That's fair. Yeah, I don't. So, I mean, I haven't used my amps in a year, you know, quarantine, being home, all that kind of stuff. But I also don't like foresee me selling my Fender anytime soon. Like it's yeah, it's, it's but, a vintage Fender. Like I still think I want to keep it around for something. I mean, I would. Yeah. Um. All right. Speaking of Chris Wood, Court ants up the ant <laughs> ants up their handy with the multi utilitarian X seven hundred mutility. I hate the name. Yeah. I, I'm, like, I'm already done. I'm already done with just that. Um, <laughs> but he, this is Court's fan fretted six string Fishman Fluence metal guitar. I was going to say everything's so crooked on this guitar. <laughs> yeah. Both the pickups are slanted in a weird way. Like 
it just feels weird because it's multi-scale. I mean, and, and they did the multi-scale much more on the bridge side than they did on the fretboard side. So I, I, yeah. I would bet this actually is kind of comfortable to play because you probably don't notice the fan fretting very much on this guitar because you're not chording above the 12th fret usually. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm assuming there's like a semi-huge learning curve going to fan frets. Uh, I've heard there's not, but who knows? Okay. Um, we also don't play the style of music this is geared towards. Yeah, so. I'm not. I'm not trying to sweep pick, so I don't really know. Um, <laughs> I mean, Court Court makes good guitars. They don't get a lot of credit in the United States because they most people playing Courts don't realize that they're playing Courts. They're they think they're playing a Paul Reed Smith or a Oof. you know. Well, no, it that. It's like playing a Samick. You don't you don't realize you're playing a Samick because you think you're you're playing an Epiphone from the 2000s. You know what I mean? Like, right? Um, it's the house brand or whatever, or it's the same factory as a lot of these other guitars. So same part, a lot of similar parts and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I know Court Court's got a lot of attention because they've been doing Manson. Um, they're they've been doing the more affordable versions of Mansons for like Matt Bellamy. And stuff like that. So they had like the chaos oh, nice. equipped ones and stuff like that. Um, anyway, so this is your Fishman Fluence modern humbuckers. I'm not going to lie. I can like if if I'm looking at my guitar collection right now and it's like, hey, what do I ha- what do I not have? It, it actually is like a Floyd Rose or an active pickup is really the thing that's missing. I'm not really missing that's it true. and in a hurry, but like I do kind of want to just kind of like have a pair of Fishman Fluences for like a month and see what I think. I just don't want to retrofit a guitar to be active to do that right but i think i had some in the guitar i was demoing that a guy let me borrow for like two weeks and i had the fluences in them i i couldn't really tell much of a difference but it was uh, like my only concern was like you know the whole active thing is like what if my battery starts dying Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, like that's always been my thing I mean, that's a fair concern, especially with some of these newer, um, there's like the rechargeable ones Ooh. where it's no longer like, Hey, I can just like swap out. Um, yeah. And you can't exactly grab like a 10 foot USB cable and mm-hmm. like wrap that around your instrument cable. Cause then you're going to get a shit ton of hum. Yeah. I don't know. I, I've never understood the whole concept around active pickups. Maybe there is some benefit, but it's always just been like that's that's just adding more things that can go wrong. Yeah, definitely some interesting. I mean, it, there's some interesting kind of what do you do with it? Hmm. Um. Speaking of which. What do you do with it? Kemper has finally announced what they've been teasing for a while, or at least allegedly been teasing, which is a powered version of their cabinet. Um, we've talked about the Kemper cabinet before, how it actually does speaker modeling in, like, with, in conjunction with the, the Kemper. Um, so it can, it can emulate the effect of different speakers that are out there uh, and affect your profiles that you have ran. This one comes pre-powered, so now you can use like like the model that I have, I have an unpowered toaster. 
uh, is the name that a lot of people use it for. If you have a Kemper stage or um, the Kemper rack that's unpowered, or frankly, if you have some type of other modeler you want to run through it, I don't know how well it's going to collaborate, but it can to give you that sort of in-room feel or on-stage sound. Um, this comes in at $790. I was actually very surprised at the price. Which is... I was definitely expecting over 1000 Well, yeah, I mean, the Kipper Cone is not that expensive, comparatively. Or is like, what, 300 400 bucks? Maybe. Class D amp on top of it? I mean, it's it, <laughs> there's not that much being added on here. I mean... No. I know I, know I was thinking about buying a... Uh, one of those Harley Benton little amplifier things to run with mine, but now I'm not. Um, <laughs> but I'm also not thinking about buying one of these. I'm, I'm pretty happy with my, like, I just have studio monitors. I just plug in and I play and it's fine. Yeah. Um, so that's neat. Uh, one last amp, a lot of amps today. Reverb has just announced a limited edition high five 420 head in green Tolex on reverb today. Oh, Lord. Coming in at $333. Five watts, uh, a five-watt head uh, with two channels. Clean channels, voice for the classic high-watt sound. Overdrive channel has saturated stuff. Um, collaboration between Mitch Colby and Mike Fortin. Um, and it's an exclusive run of 100 units in celebration of 420, which is today. Um, can do eight ohms, eight ohm out is kind of the ideal thing. Uh, no other real frills in there. So I think this could be a fun little, yeah, I was going to say this actually sounds super fun and super affordable. I mean, a, a full tube head for 333 bucks is pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so go jump on that if you can. Um, if you're listening to this in time. <laughs> it's cool to see high watts kind of coming back into, yeah. into more mainstream um they also have the 420 cab which just has a giant 420 logo on it uh by the way this also comes in a black tolex with a big green logo for the high watt so you can get green with like gold pinstriping or black um and they also have a combo version of this for 450 bucks missed opportunity there yep hey, could you really not eat 30 more dollars uh, i don't know <laughs> i know the they're in britain so the pound's not doing too great is it mm, that's a good question i mean here's the fun part if you get the 420 head and the 420 cab it's 666 yeah so, you know, fun things to trigger over uptight Christians about. Oh, that um, reminds me. I need to check on my 69 cent uh, Dogecoin. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, uh, things to piss, to tick off uh, ultra conservative Christians. I'm getting my second woke poke on Friday. I need to, I need to get my, <laughs> I need to get my, uh, uh, I, metal zone back my for my buddy and, uh, hold it up in there. <laughs> Holding up my photo when I get my shot. Nice. You got to get that uh, microchip uh, recharged. Yeah. Get excited, guys. 
They're saying Speaking we're... of recharging things. Yeah, this week in Harley Benton. Should I, maybe I clue in Diaz's little theme song. Uh, Har- Harley Benton releases the Airborne Pro wireless guitar system and tuner pedal. Um, I think we've seen enough of these. Guitar plug, it's kind of a fat plug sender yeah, it's very and a pedal big. receiver. But, but... It's like a hundred bucks. That's yeah. That's not bad at all. So the unit can snap into the pedal um, to recharge. It's got. Yeah, I actually like this charging system. Yeah, it's got DC pass through, so like you can you can plug your nine volt into one of them and plug out into something else if you're if you're hurting for an extras option. Um, its latency is at 5.6 milliseconds, which I would think might be on the higher end of latency for um, guitar wireless units. I'm not entirely sure, but I know because like a lot of the that that's the knock behind like the Wi-Fi style ones, right? Is like kind of. I'm looking at yeah. As the put it in perspective, the Line Six G. 10 which is what 130 ish uh is 2.9 milliseconds yeah i know guys complain about like the kemper i mean this is one of those things like you don't know if it's real or not because people complain about everything on the internet that's kind of fake like Mm -hmm. well yeah i can hear the fretboard (laughs) what (laughs) yeah well remember the the, for years Uh. it was the colloquial wisdom was like rosewood was a darker sound than maple fretboards remember right. that and yeah like, we believed it like for a little while there that went that was that was the collective wisdom and that's what people thought um anyway uh where i think this gets into trouble just personally um max runtime is five hours that seems short for me i mean uh the g10 is four. Oh really or at least mine is with the update because I have I do have an older model. I'm trying to skim okay. through oh, uh, six hours if you get a new one. Okay, I get like ten hours off of my Shure unit. Those are is that rechargeable or is that no, double A's? It's, it's double A's. I have to toss when I'm done, or I have to get rechargeable yeah. double A's. But all that to say, I mean, okay, we load in gear at. 6 30 in the morning rehearsal starts at seven or 6 30 or seven first service is at nine second service is at 11 uh you're done playing church at 10 12 30 one o'clock at you know for some people mm-hmm. so that is six seven hours see i don't ever leave mine plugged into the guitar so like as soon mm-hmm. as i get set up i'm plugging that thing into the bass letting it recharge a bit at, between rehearsal and service mm-hmm. it's plugged in during the sermon that thing's plugged back in also okay so you're going that way yeah i again like going back to one of those things it's like here's these list of things that can go wrong but i'm at least taking precaution to like okay i know my transmitter is not going to die on me if you're do if you're diligent about turning it off exactly yeah well the i'm guess does this have a power button on the transmitter it looks like it might 
So I know like the boss ones just have a little switch so it knows when it's plugged in. And it will, if like you're yeah. sending no audio, it will go into like an idle mode. Yep, that's what the Line 6s do too. It's got a little button on the jack, no, tip, whatever. Yeah. The part that goes into the guitar. Yeah. But all that to say, I think this is a great home solution. Oh, yeah. Especially like if you just left this on your desk and just like brought yeah. pedals in or plugged them in or did whatever you wanted to do. Um, if you wanted wireless at home, which I'm, uh, it's growing on me. Uh, especially now that I, you know, I work at my desk and I have my yeah. stuff at my desk. And if I don't coil up the cable when I'm done, I run over it with my desk chair and, you know, that kind of stuff. And just kind of like, can I just get this out of here? Yeah. I mean, I use I, mine I at home all the time. Even if I'm literally sitting in front of my laptop with the stomp next to it, I'm running my wireless just because I hate having like wires running, especially if I'm already using my in-ears. I don't want another mm -hmm. thing to get tangled in. Well, and so, yeah. the other fun thing I discovered, if you play single coil guitars, your noise is lower sometimes with a, a wireless unit because you don't have ground hum. Yeah. I've, uh, I said, I've never really noticed that. Because I guess I've just used wireless for so long, I've just kind of forgotten that was a thing. Yeah, it, it's it's very much so a thing. <laughs> <laughs> very much so a thing. So, um, with that, that concludes our news. Yay! I don't have an air horn, so. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I'm just so You're sorry. Welcome. Uh, so with that, let's dive into our quick little topic here. Uh, not dwell too long. Chris, what is the next thing on your rig list of what do I need to fix? Hmm. I think the biggest thing that keeps like popping into the back of my mind is getting another astronomer reverb. Oh, because like, I'm very happy with my drive section, which is literally just a ts9 clone with a boost built in i have a few fuzzes so i'm pretty covered um the stomp like i have a drive ac30 and plexi preset so i'm pretty happy with that too um i still run analog well not let me figure out how to phrase this i still use my actual pedals for delay and reverb so mm -hmm. I'm running out of the effects loop into my dig. Um, and then the dig is split stereo. When I, when I had the two cosmonauts before I sold the second one, uh, I was running stereo back into the stomp. So mm -hmm. that was essentially my setup. And while the line six particle and octoverbs are good and i used those for years back when i had an m series mm -hmm. they're still not as good as uh what rick has done with the modulated reverb on the cosmonaut and the shimmer so in my opinion so i have to ask uh line six came out with their update last week which had that, that new um that new reverb algorithm that everyone's like really excited about I have not done that yet, especially after I saw a lot of people being like, my, my stomp's like frozen or the screen's messed up. Oh, I'm shoot. Like, mm, I'll wait. I, I haven't touched it in a while, so I'm just going to wait and let 
them decide it's like <laughs> let's let's do the next point thirty or whatever the patch note is of like okay we made sure it's not going to brick your stomp. <laughs> yeah, it'd be good so. to check. Um, I know for me, I'm kind of I'm still trying to get that last Paul up into perfect plane shape. So I repl- I swapped the pickups into those Seth Lover from Duncan's, and I like the sound. Nice. I, not to say I didn't love the sound before. Actually, the stock pickups and the Gibson were quite good. These were just better. Um, yeah. But as I fret, oiled the fretboard for the first time and it's been acclimating, I've had the neck go back bow and then back without me touching it. Interesting. Um, well, so let me, I, I tightened it. Let me start by that. I did tighten it. It overcorrected and then has slowly come back. Um, or at least I, that's what I think has happened. Um, and part of that might be seasonal and just acclimation stuff because it came from New Jersey. It might just be a different, you know, everything. Oh. You know, all that cigarette that smoke sense. that I'm taking off of it. Um, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm having some fret on levelness and I'm debating when should I go and level it. Or should I wait and let it acclimate a little bit more? Because I, I'm kind of wondering, did I oil the fretboard and that cause a little bit of it or what? But yeah, like yeah. fret one and two are kind of starting to buzz a little too much, which is mm. like, crap, that's a full fret job, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah that's true. So that's going to be an undertaking if if I do it myself or if I farm it out. Yeah, I was going to say, since you said that, that's one of my other things. I really need to get my uh, John Lennon acoustic fixed and my strat rewired those are like the two projects that i need to actually do but the acoustic is one of those it's like i don't know if i want to attempt this Mm -hmm. because if i break the neck i'm completely out of a guitar Mm -hmm. so and like you said because i moved from tennessee to colorado and which destroys guitars yeah so yeah, that's the thing is like I don't know if it's just if it's completely ruined, even though it's been in a temperature controlled storage, um, uh, or if, if it's just altitude difference and it does just need to be adjusted. So, yeah, I'm trying to debate on if I want to do that now or wait till I get back to Memphis to a couple of techs that I actually know and fully trust that. Mm-hmm if they say it's like, yeah, I, I can't, or I don't feel comfortable doing anything to it. I'll actually like believe them. And I guess I'll have a nice wall hanger. <laughs> so. Well, that's, that's some fun projects. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious to see where your reverbs wind up. I, I, I really wonder when you update your stomp, finally, what you think of that. Yeah, because what was it? It was a new hall reverb, correct? Uh, there's a few new reverbs. So oh, there, there's, I was a, just... there's a drippy spring now. Um, oh yeah, I remember Ryan doing a video of yeah. that. But the the big one is like there's some like sort some sort of like Strymon Big, big Sky esque reverb now that's coming out. Interesting. Yeah, I might uh, might try to do that this week and hopefully not break my thing and report back next week. Can you do? Uh, yeah, hopefully you don't have to like. Uh, oh, hold on! I found. I found a list. What is what is oh, ratatouille oh, oh. distortion? 
Are you, yeah, there's also an orange. Uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, if we want to go ahead and talk about this, and then I can report back next week. There's the orange rock verb, um, which is akin to Jim Root, apparently. Hmm. Uh, a 64 rat distortion. Uh, a retro reel. So that would be a tape reverb. Or sorry, tape echo? Tape. Original effect that simulates the playing back of from an analog tape machine. So, yeah. Oh, you can make it sound lo-fi. Okay. Another <laughs> delay, which is you're, like, you're okay. Saying, you're saying the right words for Chris when you start saying lo-fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dynamic hall and hot, hot springs. <laughs> Reverb. Wow. Okay. So that's probably, that's probably a cranked up like external unit. Yeah. Interesting. So a glitch delay. Okay, now you have me on a glitch delay. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this update and uh, we'll report back <laughs> on it. I had a feeling like Seems you like this, some fun stuff. This would have been your thing. I I would have thought, but yeah, like I might even have to break out the. Uh, I think there is a eight bit styled effects, but I have an eight bit pedal. So that way, you know, I don't have to eat up the DSP on an extra thing. <laughs> mm. That's, that's my only can I was even I had a was it the HD 500 rack I still ate up all of the DSP when trying to make presets on that thing <laughs> I mean yeah if so, you're if you're going with the craziest delay and the craziest reverb that's where all your DSP goes really quickly see so. I don't think I was I think I had a just dual amp a single reverb I don't even think I did a stereo delay and it's like by the time I was adding, I was trying to make it like a stereo to where I could run my board into a real amp and then run the line six by itself. So by the time I basically kind of rebuilt my board and got the amps in there, it was running out of juice by the time I got to just doing one amp and cab. <laughs> nice. Uh, the dynamic hall is the one that I think, um, yeah, so that one uh, that might be pretty fun. I might be tempted to throw that on the um, Fender amp preset that I bought and see if I can get some uh, Jeff Jeff uh, Buckley tones out of that a little better. That could be cool. Um, the other thing is the Euclidean delay is um, uh, an asymmetrical pattern or... Um, delay kind of style so like i have golden ratio and silver ratio uh delay patterns on my um volante and they're a lot of fun because they they're not like the like you know how like the edge <laughs> uses like an eighth note or, or a dotted eighth to like create that like rhythmic effect who yeah who who oh who? the guy who plays with bono <sighs> Is that the guy with all the, uh, the sparkly bases? <laughs> anyway, um, so like you know, sometimes you just kind of get locked in that rhythm, and you're just kind of playing, and it just got the oh yeah thing. Um, Euclidean delays get interesting and kind of out there, and it's kind of fun. So hmm. worth checking out. Um, with that, let's wrap up 
uh, since we are kind of all out of order and I just lost our script. It's here. Um, so thank you all for joining us. Um, so you all know you can check out the effectsloop.com. It's your one-stop shop link for everything. Now you can join our Facebook. You can follow our Instagram. I don't even know if we post to our Instagram ever. We should. Uh, somebody posted something recently today. I got oh, really? a notification. Yeah. Neat. I, so I don't really do social media on my phone anymore. So again, I am like taking a break. So like that's cutting down on my usage all over the place. Um, mm-hmm. You can find a link to our YouTube channel. Uh, you can email us from there and you can also find a link to our Patreon. Um, again, please join our Patreon. It helps support the show, helps keep things going, helps us. Uh, we're looking at expanding some of the things we're doing and having funding for that helps lock that in and make sure that happens. Um, a last little thank you is for our sponsor this week from Stringjoy. Check them out, stringjoy.com. Custom string sets, fantastic um, quality made in Nashville. Um, mm-hmm. With that, I've been Scott. And I've been Chris. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye. Love again, so don't buy.